welcome to Marvel Cinematic University, the podcast where we talk about all the movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We started on the going up to Infinity War, we've gone past Infinity War to Endgame, and now we are in a holding pattern, as everyone else in the entire world is. But we're using that holding pattern to talk about some of our favorite characters from the MCU. That's right, character retrospectives. But before we get into that, let me introduce my two great co-hosts, Anthony Canton III. Anthony, how are you doing? Good evening, everyone. It's going to be really fun to talk about Thor. There's a lot to get into with this character. Uh, absolutely. And uh, speaking of Thor, the Thor of this podcast, the one, the only, Jerome Chang. Jerome, how you doing? Where's Jerome? Jerome? Uh, hello, hello. Yes. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It, like, lagged on my end. So when uh, you were saying hello to me, it went, like, more like, so what is happening? Anyway, <laughs> how are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. You know, uh, Zoom is doing Zoom things. And joining us things. is a uh, close personal friend, uh, noted voicemail lever, uh, Michael Springthorpe, joining us live from uh, his bedroom in uh, Manhattan. Hi, I'm literally so excited and so honored to finally <laughs> be on the show proper, even though I kind of guest starred last one. This is uh, long overdue. Yeah. Yes, it's been long overdue, and we're here to talk I'm about. So happy to hear. It's we're here to talk about a man that Michael Springer once described as the ultimate himbo, uh, Thor of the MCU. You know him; he's the god of thunder. Um, I don't know, man. It's uh, this is the third of the big character perspectives, and I think I think it's easy to say that that many of us are excited about this. Uh, I know, Jerome, let's first talk about, I know we talked about it before, but l- before we get into the character, let's get into your uh, experiences dressing up as Thor in the past, please. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the thing that happened. Um, so it was the last company I worked at, and I somehow got name. convinced by my coworker. Yeah. Uh, sorry? Give the whole name. Put them on blast. The whole Oh, I worked at uh, Kobo. It was a e-reader company. But anyway, uh, I worked on the CRM team. So I got convinced that I should definitely dress up as Thor for Halloween, uh, not knowing really my team or anyone or the fact that no one on my team was going to dress up that day. And commuting in on a train was fantastic because I was in full costume in a packed train on the way to work and then showed up to work and it was the best time ever uh, i came in second place in our company-wide costume contest i changed my name tag to say thor odinson um it was a whole thing and i never regret it we'll Absolutely. definitely repost the photo again yeah the photo with you in the tree is uh oh the tree that's right so that happened um obviously halloween and christmas don't come right after each other but we had a terrible winter storm. <laughs> we had a terrible winter storm and uh, found a tree outside our house completely torn in half, like just down the middle. That I thought, obviously, what you do then is find your old Thor costume, put it on and pose in front of it with your hammer as if you struck it down. And that's what I did. That's so fucking funny. Yes, yeah, so we'll <laughs> be reposting that uh, soon oh, yeah. after this. Uh, Jerome, I'm sorry. I I'm a I am ultimately a bad listener in that I didn't go back through the backlog. Uh-huh. <laughs> but and so because of that, don't haven't heard some episodes. But who did you I haven't heard that story. Who did you lose to? What do you mean? You said you got second place. Oh god, yeah. I lost to I lost to someone who was Doctor Evil, which was <laughs> like such a dated it was That's I don't so know. Funny. 
it was it was a vote. It went well. He he really played the character well. Um, but I don't know. I thought, I mean, bald cap and a gray suit. I did like the full shebang. You'll see the photo when it po gets posted. I think I put a lot more into it. Um, but you know, can't win the crowd sometimes. That's what it is. And you know, I, that story. I'm so glad to hear it again. New details. We didn't get that Doctor Evil. Uh, yeah, no. This, this is actually new information. So that's, that's new information. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Michael Spring that? <laughs> No, I don't remember him saying he came in second in the costume contest. I mean, I, I don't, don't even. Yeah, I might have but also that this part. was this was on I think like our first Thor episode, and we definitely were taking a lot less tangents back then. So uh, yeah, yeah, you know, that, was, that was definitely the early stages of. Uh, group, we're still but, trying to get yeah. to know each other. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so yeah, since we're talking to you already, Jerome, I just want you to like what. Where do you, what's your history with the character of Thor beyond dressing up as him? Um, were you a fan before the movies? Uh, did the movies get you into him? What was uh, the deal? The movies definitely more did it for me. Like I was aware of Thor. Um, actually, a lot of characters that I was aware of that didn't appear in popular uh, like television shows or movies at the time, AC will definitely know. I knew from Marvel Ultimate Alliance, mm. uh, the video game. So uh, I was aware that there was this guy with like a really powerful hammer who could like zap people a bunch, but I didn't really know much <laughs> about the character. I knew he came from Asgard. I like did the readings on it. So my first real uh, experience watching anything Thor based was the first movie. And I, we talked about it back then, but I absolutely love Thor when he's on earth specifically. Mm -hmm. And even early on where uh, we don't really see obviously the fully formed like Ragnarok, what we love about him now mm -hmm. version of Thor. Like you can just see in those early bits when he's in the coffee shop and when he has those moments on earth, like Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth's charm, like coming through there. So you could see the potential. Like that was like, mm -hmm. if he, that was his rookie season, you can see those flashes, like that one 50 point game he got off and it was like in the coffee shop. And then you didn't know that he was going to really, his full MVP talent afterward. Uh, AC, your history with Thor, the God of Thunder. I mean, it kind of starts book-wise. Um, I always talk about that big Marvel book that I had as a kid. And um, Thor's story, it was kind of like, it wasn't an origin, because I think the story itself was a fight between him and the Wrecker. But he took on the this is in the in the books originally it was the donald blake alter ego where he's a doctor and uh and stuff like that so that's where that whole transformation thing was was interesting and cool but yeah to jerome's point uh marvel ultimate alliance is like you kind of see the ultimate thor the cool thor with the beard and the shorter hair and he doesn't actually have the cape or anything like that he just has the hammer and he's just really badass and things like that so uh, those two things were... He was really more of a Nordic god in those two, especially yeah. when you think about the voice work back then. Like, you're not getting Chris Hemsworth coming through on that. It's like, uh, I don't even want to try to do the accent, but you have to watch and see. Right, exactly. Oh, we have to fight the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So pretty much like that, yeah. Um, Thor was building a lot of furniture with Mjolnir. That was a weird <laughs> tangent that happened in Ultimate Lines at that point. Yeah, and I think it, it's it's interesting when I think about going back and uh, rewatching the movies and kind of what I think about them now, a little older and kind of just like looking at the character for what it is. And I think originally 
I remember seeing the first Thor and I was like, man, I really felt like this was more of like, it was so Shakespeare and so um, heavy instead of the science and magic and space and, and almost like there's this philosophical thing going on between him and Loki and um, Odin, obviously. But um, obviously we went through the Avengers and the Thor of the Dark World, which is, which, you know, is it was appropriate that it was labeled that film. Um, but then... <laughs> But then it was, you know, we got to we got to Ragnarok eventually. And I think the main thing that I take out of everything that I think about Thor is out of any character, I feel like he's gone through the most introspection um, in terms of his own uh, mental and emotional health that has been examined throughout the films. Um, and I think they've done they've actually done that better, even though the movies previously were not that great. But I think the character development is a lot better than I think people realize. Mm -hmm. All right, Mike Springthorpe, uh, what's your experience with Thor? Before I get in, I've always been curious, AC, and again, guys, excuse me if this is something that's been discussed. Um, it's, this but, is why it's retrospective. We can go back into it. It's yeah. totally fine. This yeah. is, well, but this is, this is an AC, this is an AC mm -hmm. question about AC. Was there like a person or because you're the you're the comics king, yeah, on the pod? And I've always been I've always wondered was there like a person or a moment in your like childhood that like gave you a comic for the first time or where you like discovered it? Because I've always been curious how people, as someone who basically, if I didn't know about comic book movies, I didn't I wouldn't have known about comic books. I feel right. like growing up, they just weren't in my life. So I'm always interested in how people get into that. Well, it, it's funny because it, it started with that book. Um, my mom gave me a book. I think I was like five or six years old. It's this big red book. It's a little tattered now, but I still have it. Um, and it had so many stories. It had Wolverine, Spider-Man especially, um, uh, Thor, uh, X-Men stories, Fantastic Four, the introduction of Black Panther. Like all those stories were in there. And that's how I kind of was drawn to um all of those stories and that's what made me as i got into like preteen phases wanting wanted to read the books more so that big red book had so many like different stories and just just kind of opened my world up to it so i was able to kind of appreciate it at an, at an early age so yeah that's where it started okay thank uh, you i, I, I actually I'm want curious to do a follow-up comic question for ac on that just yeah, because sure. Coming out of, I forget what was the uh, extra scene that shows it, but like we talk about it when it came to Avengers, we were not really, like we just didn't get pumped about seeing Thanos or seeing the Infinity Gauntlet just because like Jake and I didn't really have that attachment. And while it is a more recognizable thing to me, like it didn't hit me when I saw that extra scene of Mjolnir stuck in the ground. Like when you saw that, were you like, what was your reaction to it? Like was Thor a big character for you? Were you hyped about it or were you just kind of like, Oh, well obviously Thor is coming next. Um, I was excited definitely because I mean, you look at uh, the way Iron Man ended with the Avengers initiative. And then you think about who are the potential members of this team, obviously Hulk and, and then after Iron Man 2, you'd see the Thor thing. And Thor is like, in a lot of ways, the, the, the characters are, is a really huge part. Even though you wouldn't necessarily consider him a leader, per se. But he's such a huge part of He's all like a big Thor. hitter. Yeah, he's like, because he kind of stretches all places. He goes into space and he's a part of Earth. And 
he intersects with so many characters that it's a character that you can't help but feel excited for. But I definitely remember seeing Iron Man 2. Um, I think that was 2010 it came out. And yeah, that was a, that was a very exciting moment for me, knowing that that was coming. Nice. That's cool. I, I envy you having those moments, <laughs> knowing that backstory. Um, but Jake, to answer your question, uh, as I said, like I didn't have any comics background growing up. Um, I actually didn't watch either of the original two Thor movies until um, Saturday or Sunday of this week. And then it is- So it's like Captain America first Avenger. Exactly. No, no, yeah. exactly. I, I, Hey, I only watched Winter Soldier because uh, right before Infinity War, because my fr a good friend of mine, Mike, was like, you, you got to watch that. That's the, it's the best one. Right. Um, it's, it's very highly regarded. Like, yeah, very like a large group of people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that was because I, you know, I saw, I saw the Iron Man movies. I saw the Avengers movies. Um, I saw Guardians, but it was because I didn't really have this relationship with the uh, comic book movies. Uh, and so I was like, okay, I saw Iron Man because it was the first one. And then I continued with it. I saw Avengers just because I like movies, but yeah, I didn't, um, I'd never seen the Thor movies. I I've always liked Thor because he's funny and that's what I like in characters. Um, but uh, that's my relationship. I mean, I love him now. He's, hands down my favorite character in the MCU. But another oh, yeah. interesting thing is I was a big mythology kid and I was, you know, Norse mythology was like a big part of that. And so like, I was like intimately familiar with Norse mythology going into ever seeing any of these movies. And so I'm actually, I really love the design and the interpretation of like how they made it into the MCU because Obviously, the MCU is all based on the comics, but the comics are all based on Norse mythology. And there's like, yeah. I think a higher percentage than many people would expect of correct things from Norse mythology in the MCU. From what I understood, they basically just adopted the characters and placed them in the Marvel Universe. It wasn't even a thing of like, we want a character like. It was almost just like, we are literally going to put these gods and these kind of stories in there it really is i mean the the big thing is like thor ragnarok like ragnarok gets into like some dicey territory just because uh like the characters are not exactly the same like hella is actually a daughter of loki right and Lo loki and thor are not siblings in the way that they are um in the mcu and in the comics uh but for the most part, it really, and obviously the whole, like, are they aliens? Are they gods? What's yeah, the that's the thing. That's probably my favorite thing about the way they transport is It's like, okay, that was how, do we, how do we make gods work in this universe? Oh, <laughs> they were just aliens who came to Earth. That's, I, I think, think that, that, that's the kind of thing that I felt really Is that what they are, Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, well, they're, I mean, they're aliens insofar as they're not native to Earth, but, like, what's the whole, what aliens. you call science, what you call magic. It's just there you that. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I just, but, yeah. I don't like it when aliens are like, they're like, we're aliens. And it's like, okay, well, you look exactly like humans. Well, like, yeah, I, I don't I, know. I, I, I don't know why exactly uh, that's the case, why they look exactly like humans. Lazy. Um, 
I don't know, but clearly the implication of it is that they were called gods because they had powers because and they went showed to Earth. up a thousand years ago. Yeah, on Midgard. Uh, I just, yeah, I'm just like, I hope, I wish they at least had like spiked penises or something where it was like, okay, that's <laughs> like the, it's, it's why, <laughs> the, it's why uh, in Doctor Who Time Lords has two hearts. There's got to be one thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, so my experience with Thor is much like Michael Springthorpe. I was not, I didn't see the first Thor movies when they came out. Um, I think just because, I don't know, I was looking it up. It looks like uh, the dollars that the movies made don't 100% bear this out. But I feel like Thor 1 didn't make as nearly as much of a cultural impact as, well, obviously no, didn't make nearly as much as Iron Man. And like, I even feel like in Captain America it made a little less money. But like, I think Captain America is just such a mainstay character that I was never hyped to see Thor one. Um, I think in some part, honestly, when I'm thinking about why I didn't care that much, I think the marketing of it, and this is might just be a wild take, but it's, it seemed boring just because so much of the trailer took place in like a desert. And it's like, this is dumb. (laughs) Am I going to watch Thor? Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I don't know. That's just something. Also, if you think about it, like at the moment, it's like, if you think about it of the moment, it's like Robert Downey Jr. Edward Norton, Chris Evans, who the hell is Chris Hemsworth? Yes, and I'm gonna. Well, I'll talk about Chris Hemsworth casting later in one of the categories. But yeah. uh, yes, I mean, when I ended up circling even... back around, I actually didn't love Thor that much the first time I saw it, um, and I still think I'm a little lower on the original one than you guys are. Um, I think the stuff on Earth is really good. I think the stuff not on Earth is like really not. Uh, right. Got to be really into it. That's yeah, where, yeah, I no, think that's that it's, too. it's definitely uh, what it's what you get when like I think that the first Thor is so the stuff on Asgard is so influenced by Kenneth Branagh being the director that like it's so Shakespearean in a way yep. that I think is can be like eye rolling to you if you're not as into the mythology as other people might be. Because I think that what Ragnarok shows is that there is an inherent silliness to, well, not as silliness, but like there's an inherent irony to gods being characters that interact with the rest of the universe um, that the original Thor just doesn't have. And um, there's so, also there's also a silliness, honestly, and no offense to any Vikings that are watching or listening, but like yeah. In mythology, Ragnarok is, it's one of these things where Ragnarok is a part of the mythology, mm-hmm. but it also, like, in a weird way, hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. It's a prophecy. Mm-hmm. But the prophecy of Ragnarok is very detailed of, like, this is, like, Odin will battle Fenrir, the wolf, and will uh, die fighting, mm-hmm. or, like, Fenrir will swallow him, and then his son will fight him. Thor will battle the Midgard serpent and they will kill each other. Like this will happen. This will happen. This will happen. And so it's a thing where when it does happen, theoretically, the gods go, Ooh, shit. All right. It's time for Ragnarok. Well, we all know what's going to happen, but we have Mm -hmm. to do it. And Mm -hmm. it's reading this. And I obviously, that is, I'm sure like a very Viking Norse Scandinavian way of thinking maybe. But, like, reading it, you just go, like, okay, well, why don't they just do something different? You know, it's a very silly con- – it's, it's a very silly source material also. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. and I think that I just wanted to – I do want to say, I know that Springtop, you prefaced it with this, but if uh, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, um, who else? Uh, 
you know, if any Dalvin Cook, if any Vikings are watching, um, we're sorry we offended you. Well, um, I mean, like, I, just about the whole Asgard stuff and finally kind of breaking away from it when you get to Ragnarok, like Thor and Captain America kind of go through that same kind of uh, general arc of like they're very deep into their mythology, like Captain America mm-hmm. is like in its period piece and Thor is in Asgard and everything, except Thor also has dark world captain america immediately breaks from it when he's mm. in present time and doing things like winter soldier and becomes like immediately modernized um but like ba- like not coincidentally for either they become far more entertaining and far more interesting once they break free from their yeah. original uh, story mm-hmm. all right so i want to get to uh the categories um because i think that that's that gonna spark a lot of good discussion the first uh question uh, that we've been asking is what is the defining moment in your mind for the character of Thor? I will be going the opposite direction I went last time. Michael Spring Thor, what is the defining moment of Thor? Ah, uh, shit. Judging uh, by your face, <laughs> you don't have one. AC, what's the defining moment of Thor? Um, you know, it's funny. There are a few, but I think the 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 main one was when I want to say was it and was it end? oh yeah Endgame where he kills Thanos. Um, in mm-hmm. in that present uh-huh. timeline yeah. in 2018, and um, it doesn't fulfill him obviously because mm-hmm. he 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 failed afterwards, and it really took him to a place where he really had to search and uh, find out who he was. I won't say the line because I'll save it for favorite line, but um, he says a line later that kind of you know tells you where his journey ended up, and mm-hmm. more importantly it kind of had this roundabout feeling that went all the way back to the original Thor and kind of the struggles that he had um, underneath all that bluster and, and confidence and or, or fake confidence, you could say, to a, to a lesser extent. And um, yeah, I felt like cutting off Thanos' head and, not, and it not fulfilling him, um, it really did change um, who he was um, overall as a character. And they did a good job of exploring that, revisiting with his mom later in the movie and uh, things like that. And I think by the end of that, we saw the character in a new and uh, more confident and more different direction than I think we would have expected. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, Jerome? Um, Basically, AC's explanation, but the moment is when Hela destroys Mjolnir. Ah, that's, that's that's a good one. That's, That's like, it's one. basically all the same, like, yeah. he goes through the exact kind of same type of arc there because Mjolnir, like, represents his whole power. He thinks it's actually the source of his power, and then yeah. um, they really basically do the after-school special. It's like, it was always inside of you. He's not the god of, he's not the god <laughs> of <hammer. laughs> Sorry? Yeah, because in the end, like, it's, it's just like, what are you the god of? And he's like, thunder. And then sparkly, 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 it, he, he didn't need a hammer to... Yeah zap people i i I just i because again i like have been watching all this and like i all right i don't want to say that like thor has the queerest story arc of the mcu because there aren't inherently no queer story arcs but like i relate to his story arc the most what about joe russo's cameo in endgame i'm kidding keep going (laughs) no you mean mean stanley tucci's character in first avenger oh right 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 you're right right, right. (laughs) that 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 i forgot about that theory Mm, theory. yeah yeah. um uh i but i i relate to it the most just because it's this it's he has this constant need for like outside validation which is you don't want you know which is what you were saying 
But one of the most interesting things about it to me is that like, I don't think he's gotten there at the end of Endgame. No, I don't think so. No, no, he's still in the search I, of it. But in that way, is like, yes, he's realized he doesn't need Mjolnir, but he's still, like, he's lost that one major outside validation. He realizes, oh, and the problem is actually losing Mjolnir, or rather realizing that Mjolnir is not the source of his power, mm-hmm. so to speak, might, e- might even detriment him. I'm fucking, you know doesn't really matter it matters what taika thinks but like Mm -hmm. um but because it's like oh that's such an easy target to be like oh well now that i know that mjolnir isn't the target of my validation i know that it's actually being called the strongest avenger or being like you know whatever the next thing is Mm -hmm. Uh, and even when he's like like uh measuring dicks with chris pratt at the end of endgame like in the in the spaceship like great scene he's only able to do that with with peter quill like that's yeah. literally the yeah character yeah. he would be able to do that with because he's the only character more insecure because of a doting mother and an like a withholding father they both have the same situation every, Ooh, almost wow. every hero in Good MCU has well the father like they all have daddy issues. That's yeah, yeah. they really yes. do. Uh, and, and that's why I have Cap doesn't have parents. They are my yeah, Cap has parents issues. Yeah, yeah. I just and, you know I know I know that like Tony Stark has that, but like we don't see anything about. Um, I think the mother stuff mom. though is actually because I think ev- basically every hero in any genre has some sort of daddy issues. I think the thing you're mm-hmm. right though that does make Thor make him different is the doting mother because i think that tony stark would not be like tony stark if his mother was you know i mean a right. character, he's frankly. probably drunk on wine all the time that's what exactly. i just assume yeah exactly um I, but this this I, related to that that ties in is like for my defining moment i would say i honestly i would say actually when he's demanding in Endgame to be the one to do the snap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is in a lot of ways. Actually, that's not a defining moment. I would agree with AC um, mm-hmm. uh, when he kills Thanos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a really important moment to him and in watching, like I said, all, <laughs> a lot of his movies in these last few days or a lot of his features in the movies, I the scene with him and his mom, Frigga, in... Endgame, like it, I was like moving around at the time and like brought me back down to the couch. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It, it really screwed me up in a positive way. Yeah. yeah. It, it definitely was like, oh, you know, they didn't really use her almost at all well in the first two Thor movies, but it was like, oh, which is a fucking crime. It was, it was rever- yeah, worth having Renee Russo. Renee Russo. Yeah. Yeah. Scene. I was like, man, they really, they really were efficient in her, not only her time, but uh, what she was able to deliver there in terms side of her note, message. Just quick side note. Why, am I anyone who's noticed that Renee Russo's entire career these days is just whenever there's an ensemble movie about old guys, she's the love interest despite being like 20 years younger than all of them like all the movies with like morgan freeman and robert niero or whatever just like oh we're we gonna get to love it it's a far cry from so. thomas crown affair is what uh, exactly yeah I mean, and it's so it's so sad how quickly that happens um, i mean clearly another, she passed her last fuckable day I mean, <laughs> as another is, as okay. another aside mike i thought you i thought him bringing up that thor wanted to do the snap scene i think it is an important moment too because it's just another it's just another reminder 
that this dude is just looking for redemption. He's just looking yeah. at, just to redeem himself. He'll do literally anything, even at yeah. the cost of killing he has himself. No, he feels like he has no purpose, which I think is an interesting place for them to pick up um, in Thor 4. Yeah. Because um, I think so much of his arc is about him realizing that he does not get fulfilled by vengeance. Um, I think that there's a part of that in all of the movies that he feels like he has to do, he has to hurt someone in order to, uh, not hurt someone, but like that he, that it's, it's honestly the way I'm thinking about it is it's the way I think about Kevin Durant and winning championships that Thor thinks that if he finally avenges one person, like one more thing, one more person's life he avenges or one more person he gets revenge on, he'll be happy. Or in the same way Kevin Durant thinks every championship he'll get, he'll finally be happy and he's never going to be happy. Yeah. I think it's the same thing where it's like Thor just is at a place where he's like, okay, this clearly is not what is – all of – he killed Thanos. You know what I mean? They killed Thanos. All the – all the worlds have been conquered. There's, there's nothing he's, else he can do. He's, I mean, he's, he's really immature and dumb mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in that way. And I mean that as a really immature and dumb person. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's equating this, like, one-to-one uh, connection of, like, oh, well, if I just kill Thanos, then everything will be better. Mm-hmm. And it's because he was, because of the way he was raised and because of just like the way he was brought up. Um, and that he was, that, what in growing up, his, his value was his ability to like to fight wars and stuff like that. Um, almost like a certain seven foot basketball player's main thing growing up that was valued was playing basketball. But I'm not I'm, saying that, I'm not saying that the one to one, because Kevin Durant is actually, is like not likable where his story is. But anyway, um, <laughs> what? Okay, I'm gonna. Hey, everyone who likes Kevin Durant, come over to my house. I expect no line outside my door. Anyway, um, so yeah, I think that that is. Oh, that's why I think probably my defining moment is um, other than the ones you said, because I think that chopping off uh, Thanos's head. I think actually the whole bit from the shot of him sitting on the bench in the Avengers HQ from the trailer to him chopping off his head, like that whole bit is his defining moment. But I think the bit where he finally goes god of thunder against hella is a really big moment because like he lost his eye yeah, i can't like, argue with that one it's fi- it's the moment where he finally like really faced adversity in a way that he hadn't before um and he came you know measured up to it and uh i don't know i think that that is that's really where it, you know that is a, good, a big part of his growth is realizing that you know he is because even in the movies that he's even in his own movies it's never that he's really at risk of really, you know, dying. It's more that he's trying to protect other people. Sure. And that's one of the few moments where he's actually in danger and he needs to do something for himself. So I think that that... Well, I mean, like, up. in the first story, he does... Because he basically dies and then finally earns his um, worthiness. Correct. That mo- so, yeah, but I think... What I would say is that like, I think that the, the climax of the movie is more about him protecting Jane and the people of sure, the town. Like, sure. I think that the, 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 the... I agree that that does happen, but that's almost like a sacrifice. And, and mm-hmm. not in the way where, like, he's, like, beaten down and he thinks he's going to lose. Like, he is... Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, I think, a very strong moment. Um, especially because, you know, it looks cool. And, it you know, it's a cathartic moment, but also lightning starts coming from his eyes. So, <laughs> Oh, my anyway. God. There's nothing hotter than when lightning starts coming out of his eyes. <laughs> I agree. Speaking of which, <laughs> what has aged the best about Thor as a character? Is that to me? Uh, no, well, I was saying it to everyone. I have an answer oh. that uh, I want to start off. Why with. you start us off? General. We never let the host start off with the answer. No, I, I, I have a good because okay. it's general. 
I think that if you look back at it, and Jerome alluded to this earlier, casting Chris Hemsworth has aged yep. really perfectly. Because yep. Yep. if you think about it, you were talking about before that Robert Downey Jr. obviously had a lot of problems, but he was a well-established actor. Uh, Chris Evans was already in the Fantastic Four. Like, he already been in a superhero movie. Edward Norton, you know, multi-time Academy Award nominee. Like, you know, well-respected actor. Chris Hemsworth, like, you forget how little he was in before Thor. He really, the only thing he really was in that was of any note was Star the Trek. first five minutes of Star Trek. Yeah. That's it. Um, As one of the other Chris's dads. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's people that's forget that. Sunny Chris's. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, the Chris Power. I wonder how that should affect Chris Power rankings, that Chris Hemsworth is... Uh, Chris Pine's dad? Yeah, Chris Pine's dad. Well, in case anyone's wondering, mine, are, mine actually is pretty... Straightforward. I think I would go uh, Chris Hemsworth slightly above Chris Evans, then Chris yeah. Pine, and then way above Chris Pratt. <clears throat> Pratt, yeah, Pratt oh really. God. What? what? What are you doing? What, what's yours, sweetheart? I'm scoffing at the slightly. I mean, it is it is a Hemsworth party right here. Sure, but I think is I he like there, I like Chris real Evans. I like Chris Evans in other stuff. Like I think that I think Chris Evans. Uh, I don't I know. See I, it, um, we'll come back to Evans it. is very underrated. I love Chris Evans. I think he's just a really funny guy. Uh, no, anyway. he's he no, he's amazing. I just he's great. Chris and uh, the thing is, is that <laughs> the problem I have with Chris Evans is that he like wants to be a serious actor. Sure. As Chris Hemsworth wants to play himbos in every single movie. That's true. That's that. true. Yeah. Now, as all, I do want to know also if we were to add him on, I even think I would at this point put Chris Messina ahead of Chris Pratt, and that says a lot about what's <laughs> happened with Chris Pratt. But I would put Chris D'Elia below Chris Oh, yes. That's He's one of the yeah, two yeah, Chris's. Yeah, yeah, Chris yeah. D'Elia and Chris Christie are like the two Chris's that are definitely below. Right, right, right. Uh, um, um, I anyway. Chris passed. Christie did hug Obama that one time. He so. did. Uh, he did. But he also, you know, I, I, I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, I saw he was trending on Twitter, and um, I immediately knew he said some objectionable things Died. about COVID. <laughs> and, oh. Uh, oh, yeah, no, uh, that he has such objectionable things about COVID. And sure enough. Now, you know, at this point, any politician trends on Twitter, you can just guess. Like they said, it's like the hammer returning to the cat. Yeah, uh, anyway. we need to go. Uh, we yeah. need to go back actually to sure. something Jerome said. Sure. Uh, you were talking about ranking power, ranking the Chris's, and you gave your ranking, and obviously Chris Pratt was at the bottom, um, and we all kind of muddled in agreement. And then Jerome said, "Jerome, do you want to repeat it?" I just said uh, he was up there, and it was a real Pratt fall. Yeah. Um, that's good. That's good that's comedy, tough. and it's also good commentary. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I'm gonna just piggyback Jake, just because mine basically is the same thing, just said a bit differently. His charm has aged beautifully throughout the whole time. Mm -hmm. That's it. And it's yeah, all the he's same. just. I yeah. think like a lot of actors who look like Chris Hemsworth, it took a while for people to realize that he is funny. And now, in hindsight, it's like, why on earth did we ever want this guy to play stoic ever? I think right. that there's a big, I think that, I don't know what it is, but I guess in Australia, people that are so beautiful that you can be as attractive as Chris Hemsworth and still develop a personality. Whereas in the United States, generally, if you're that attractive, you don't. Um, right. It's, uh, it's just an average attractiveness, you know, scale. Yeah. Also, his, he, also he has like two super handsome brothers too. So I think that that helps. <laughs> right. um, okay. He has one super handsome brother and then Luke, but. Um, <laughs> and then he has the third Manning brother. Yeah, exactly. He has Cooper, <laughs> Cooper Manning. Uh yeah. Anyway, uh, AC, uh, what's H best about uh, Thor? Um, I think the character itself, uh, the story itself. I'd say I mean, that's two. way too general. Come on, you gotta be more specific. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta be more specific. <laughs> oh, no, I think Thor has H best. Let me, let all right, all right, all right, hit us. You know, I, okay. I mean, just roll. Um, 
No, uh, I think I think the funny thing about the character in the story itself, and I think a good example of this is uh, his relationship with Loki. Um, he remains so steadfast and obsessed with trying to steer Loki to the right side that it does by the dark world get really irritating. Um, in a sense, it's like this mm-hmm. dude is always going to be going to be running game. He's always going to be doing tricks. There's always going to be some nonsense. And then by the time we get to Ragnarok. Um, I thought that scene was really informative when they're in the elevator on the way up and and yeah. uh, Thor is talking with him and, he, and he's like, I realized that this is you and this is who you're going to be and how you're going to be. And I've tried all this time to try and make you something that you're not, but you're just this person. And then he, you know, as Loki tries to trick him once again, Thor is hip to the game. And I so think, more specifically, his self-awareness is yeah, really his, well. yeah. his, his self-awareness, um, I mentioned earlier, the self-introspection um, is something that I don't think he was willing to do um, earlier in films. And I think also that's a credit to really the writers across uh, in kind of guiding him towards that way. Um, Russo's included because I thought his journey in Infinity War was really important. He had so much screen time and... I think there were just so many conversations that he had with different uh, characters that kind of led to that moment of arriving in Wakanda. I thought his relationship with Rocket is really underrated and really important in that I'm way, so too. I'm excited for that in the next Reddit. Yeah. Or, or, or Guardians. <laughs> grab it. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever whatever iteration that ends up being. But, um, yeah, like, long, sto- uh, long story short, just the character itself and its and his development uh mentally and emotionally to a, a place where you can be vulnerable and get to a place where you can kind of move off that and acknowledge that there are issues but at the same same time still be a hero mm-hmm. springthorpe i know we kind of talked about yours a little bit did you have anything more specific no i i would say the if i if i were to say anything more specific i would just be the the search um uh, oh, just the um, – no, actually, I don't. I'm, I'm thinking of the next question. Never mind. All right. And the next question, of course, is what's aged the worst? Uh, I'll let you go first since you're thinking about it. Springfield, what's aged the worst about Thor? Oh, I mean, what's aged the worst about Thor besides the first two movies um, yeah, is honestly going back and watching it today, the fat jokes in Endgame? Mm-hmm. I was a huge fan. I loved it the first, you know, two times I saw it. And then watching it again today, I was like, I don't know. It's the one moment where it's like uh, when they're trying to snap, when he's, it's, it's in the same scene where they're deciding who's going to do the snap. Right. right. And uh, Don Cheadle go, like, he goes, do you know what's running through my blood? And Don Cheadle goes, cheese whiz. And it's like, I thought we were done with this. Right. Yeah, the thing is, I think Endgame tries to have its cake and eat it, too. They try to have their cake and eat it, too, that they want to have a plot line that Thor is so depressed that he, like, you know, becomes an alcoholic and starts overeating. But if you're going to do that, you really can't have that many fat jokes. You need to choose one or the other. Either it's a point of comedy or or it's a part of his character development. And I I think think that they um... make too many jokes about it for really to be treated. (laughs) Like, I can say from, like, an outside view that it's part of his character development, but the movie doesn't treat it like that. It treats it like a punchline, unfortunately. Yeah. Also, for that specific scene, um, there... 
there just isn't a lot for Don Cheadle to say in that movie. So I think you need to give him lines every now and then. I mean, yes. yeah, I like the way he says it. It's a funny joke. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, his delivery yeah, is yeah, great. Yeah. Fucking Don mm-hmm. Cheadle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, AC. What okay, so um, I would say um, <laughs> specifically in the first two films, and obviously the third film kind of did this too. Um, the lack of usage of the Warriors Three and mm-hmm. uh, okay, yeah. and uh, Lady Sif. I'd say mm-hmm. those um, those characters probably could have gotten a lot more shine. I feel like in the books and even in some of the animated uh, TV series, they do a little bit of a better job in terms of involving those characters. And uh, when you're on Asgard, feeling like they're kind of a part of it. And I thought, even though it was cool seeing Hela being badass and killing everybody so easily um, on Asgard and Ragnarok, it kind of diluted what those characters were in the first two films. And they kind of have made them uh, be almost like, yeah, they're important, but... And because they did that in the first two films, it made it easier to just uh, write them out as kind of like a... As a plot I'm glad they didn't get rid of Sif because Sif was actually the only one I really was interested in. I think the other ones, especially Fandral, is not a good character. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it helps that they recast him. Yeah. Uh, they, they took one, you know, boring actor on an NBC show Just and them. replaced him with a not boring actor on an NBC show. <laughs> um, I mean, they did want the second actor. Yeah, exactly. Levi was supposed to be Fandral right, right. in the first one, but they had to recast him with a human right. white bread Josh Dallas. Um, and uh, yeah, it just doesn't work. Um, but yeah, I, I agree that they could definitely utilize them better. Um, they're but, yeah. they're basically his they're his roadie in a way. Yeah, when you yeah. Watch yeah. Movie and it's like roadie is. I mean, he's he's saying that Thor's blood is full of cheese whiz in Endgame, mm. and yet those guys died three years before. Right. Right. Yeah. Let me Trump? ask a question. Oh, let me, oh, quickly. Let me just ask a question, everybody. Um. So I mentioned those characters, but um, how do you feel the usage of Heimdall was um, throughout the series? I think it was Enough. based on the casting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I th- I, that's something I'm actually wa- I wonder about is how it would have changed. Because I would actually bet a lot of money that if Idris Elba didn't keep growing in fame as the movies went on, he wouldn't have been in 2 and 3 nearly as much. Especially oh. 3. He would not have had the arc that he has in Ragnarok if oh my God, the no. wasn't more famous. Agreed. He's watching, yeah, watching the original Thor is, it's like, he, it's like, okay, cool to Heimdall. I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same, uh, and it worked out much better in Thor because I think Heimdall's a uh, fine character to have stuff with. And I think he's a really interesting character. Um, but like, it's it, the same well, thing that happened. I think, but, I think he's cool too, yeah. but it's just like, but he's not Idris Elba. No, of course not. Right, what I was going right. to say is compare it to the fact that like, it's how it's uh why there's so much mystique in the x-men later movies because jennifer lawrence became so famous it's like you have to when someone becomes so famous and they're still on contract it's like give them stuff to do um, whoa can you guys imagine if in an alternate universe they cast idris elba as thanos then he, first of all then he actually would have been a person of color yes that's true. yeah yeah that's true. <laughs> yeah that'd be cool uh jerome Thing uh, that Loki. For. Loki. I think that that's probably fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, just, yeah. he he was great, and then uh, they loved him a little too much. And he committed war crimes? Yeah. Well, that, yeah, there, there was that too. <laughs> um, just, uh, <laughs> he, I mean, like, Loki kind of had the Tom Hiddleston 
bump, right? Like he becomes popular off of it, and then it's just kind of like we have to go keep on going back to the well. Yeah, and the thing is, I get the I get why people love Idris Elba. I love Idris Elba. I don't feel similarly about Tom Hiddleston. You don't get the Tom Hiddleston. Thing, I don't, right? and like, there's not, you know, there's not many. I'm a big fan of a lot of people. I like almost every actor in the MCU. I just not a fan of Tom Hiddleston. Um, right. Ever since he patted himself on the back of the Golden Globes for making the Night Manager, because some people who are in Sudan doing like humanitarian work said they liked the show. Um, oh, right. Anyway, Actually, that's really important. I understood, but hey, you remember that though. It, it was one of the douchiest things I've ever seen on television. Because you mm-hmm. thought this, you thought that he was going to say like, and you know, what, it's so great that we get to make work like that that can help people. But it ended up well, being all just the like night managers out there. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, so my answer for what's age the worst, I would say two things. One, I understand that Thor has to have long hair just until he gets his hair cut. So I'm not going to oh say God. that. But but I think that either it's just the way it looks naturally. Or they brightened it, but I think his hair color is way too light in the first one, which is no, something I noticed. Yeah, no, actually, like, yeah. It looks they, they, so they bright. Yeah. It looks so unnatural, especially in comparison to his beard. I know Spring yeah. thinks it's a silly thing to say, but it, it looks no, silly. I'm laughing because his I thought eyes, I was his eyes look funny oh, too, that's to fair. be honest. It made yeah. his eyes yeah, but look funny. Like, they, they, they said that was weird. one of the problems early on, that like they purposely like made it like platinum blonde. In yeah, the and it just doesn't look good at all. Um, also, another thing that doesn't work is just generally him talking about the realms being in chaos really just makes you roll your eyes when you look back. What like, are the realms? What are the realms? I don't know. Are there are nine of them. Nine random There's planets? Midgard. Are they nine dimensions? They're planets, I believe. Okay, but Doctor Strange said... They're more of like nine dimensions. They are? But, but Earth yeah. is in the same That's dimension what I'm as saying is in, in Endgame, Doctor Strange says... Or not Endgame. In Ragnarok, Doctor Strange says, I monitor people... For like things in other realms, and it's like, okay, why are you saying maybe realm? it's galaxies? I don't know, but I know that they're all because it has to be in the same dimension, though, because they take a spaceship from Asgard Earth. So clearly, sure. I think it's some type yeah. of like I just I think in the dark world. It- in the dark world, they make it seem like it's sort of like galaxy like maybe arms of a spiral galaxy i don't know i don't know what the actual scientific right. analog is i but... feel like in dark world the comparison is that they are just nine planet and this yes. makes the most sense to my brain is that yeah. it's just nine planets in the same solar system because they line up yeah I, I that's why i don't think it's the same solar system because obviously we would know that asgard existed that's why i'm saying galaxies, why would we know that asgard galaxies. Existed? if it was in our solar system Oh shit! I forgot that Midgard was a planet in it. Yeah, I forgot. Exactly. See, it's funny. Like Avengers, um, Earth's Mightiest See, Heroes, the cartoon, oh! did a storyline on this. Uh, like with the whole the Nine Realms collapsing, and I just can't remember. It's just I have to go back. This is what aged the worst. Yeah, yeah. yeah. what sure, the fuck is that? I want to add another age of the worst. Um, but it was good. Like it was the right call for the movie itself. But the threat of Ragnarok aged terribly between Ultron and because like basically his whole thing coming out of Ultron was like he had to like prevent Ragnarok and then ultimately it was like that was not even like, oh shoot gotta let it happen yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ragnarok is literally the apocalypse mm-hmm. uh, in Norse mythology uh, it's the fate of the gods is what it translates to and it is just like for I mean this isn't what it is in the mythology but in the movie it's certain Surtur taking over, you know, destroying Asgard, and that yeah. kind of almost happens like in the <laughs> rear view mirror. Yes, as yes. they're flying away. Now, I have a question. Yeah. What's your guys' opinion on the fact that Surtur is played by the guy who plays Mr. Krabs? Make you happy it or what? sad? Make you very happy. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Uh, I mean, my man, my man has it's a Clancy Clancy Brown, which is one of the best names in Hollywood. That's a great name. Clancy Brown has a great voice, by the way. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because I think he does um, Lex Luthor in in animated. Oh, he's a uh, yeah, he's a very working actor. Really good. Yeah. He has a number of other roles. Yeah. Look at his IMDb. Mm -hmm. That you'll like that people will recognize. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that's something that makes me very happy when I uh, watch it because you can hear it a little bit. You, yeah, anyway, right. it's, you know. anyway, it's like Uncle Phil in the Being Shredder. In this one is very similar know. to the last one, but if you could change one thing about the character's arc or story, what would you change? Oh. Oh, um, just one. a switch. No, I mean like obviously, whatever the thing that didn't age well. It's like I just wish Tom Hiddleston didn't get so popular. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I, I think that that's a fair that. The movies are, I think, after the first one, Loki is too involved in the rest of them, especially, I think, in the Dark World. Especially it really... after the war crimes. Yeah. Right, right. So it's not to um, repeat just, like, whatever didn't we age the best. Uh, it's, I wish we just got to letting go of Asgard sooner. Like, like the way I was saying how Captain America just basically has first adventure and then immediately goes to Winter Soldier and we are like in cool Captain America times. Like mm-hmm. I just wish we got to like how great, like good Thor, like a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was just that idea of really, I mean, actually similarly to Tom Middleton, I wish like, I'm happy Game of Thrones worked out so well, but mm-hmm. because Game of Thrones worked out so well, they like went hard into it for Dark World. Like wasn't the director for it? Yes. Yeah. It was supposed to be Patty Jenkins and then they got Alan Taylor who right. uh, is, uh, Sounds you know. British as fuck. That's one of right. the most British names I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, and he's just like, it. the thing about The Dark World, it really just, if you see the action sequences in The Dark World, which I think, actually, I think the last action bit with, like, the portals and things getting teleporting back and forth. between That's a good action piece, fun. yeah. It's but like, I think yeah. a lot of, like, the stuff on the actual Dark World is, just looks so it looks bad for a movie. Like, if you saw that on TV, you'd be like, oh, shit, that's so cool. But it's like, this is a, you know, $150 million movie. Right. probably should look better than this. Uh, but, yeah, I think that you're right um, about Tom Hiddleston. Um, at what age the worst? Um, that's oh, not what no, we're asking. Not age worst. Storyline. Storyline. Yes. <laughs> um, so one thing uh, that I would like to change is um, I think the – the hell was it? Was it the name of the villain in the Dark World? I can't even remember. Malekith. Right Malekith, okay. Malekith. Um, I feel like that a whole Infinity Stone story could have been done by somebody else. I don't know why. The dude just was not very interesting in any type of way. It was almost like this monotone, robotic kind of uh, villain that didn't really make you care. Yeah, I think a big thing is a huge mistake they made is making him and Curse speak in a fake language. Mm. I think there, cause there's, there's just no, it's so hard to develop a character when you're speaking a fictional language, especially when just based on what I know about them replacing a director late, like I guarantee you that they didn't have enough time to properly learn other lines. So they're probably focusing more on learning how to say these made up words than they are acting. Like it's just, it's just so alienating. It doesn't, they don't feel like. Alienating. But um, yeah. I think, per, I think personally, I would have liked to see, um, I would have liked to see, I know they're going to bring him in at some point, maybe in this upcoming movie, but uh, Beta Ray Bill could have played a big part earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, right, I think you could right. have definitely had him play a part and almost kind of be like a, a frenemy 
at least because um, Veteran Bill before. is supposed to be pretty closely tied with Stormbreaker too, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Actually, he's the one who wields it in the books, and um, mm-hmm. he's pretty strong himself. And that's actually the uh, Planet Hulk. Um, that story is a good one uh, for like all of those types of space characters who kind of are like really strong too. But then Planet Hulk, they basically do anyway. They basically do it here. Which yeah. you you know you could have, but if if we don't if we don't get him there, obviously we we don't get a character like Cork, who, right. who yeah, shows and, and I think that there I think that there's I'm not worried about uh, them not getting to big big Thor characters because clearly the Thor movies make a lot of money. Chris Hemsworth likes doing them. They're critically like Ragnarok is beloved by critics and fans alike. I and think as long as Chris Hemsworth wants to be Thor, we're gonna keep, what do you say? They will soon be directed and written by an Oscar nominee. Or an yes, Oscar it'll be the uh, yeah the second. And actually, Thor is the only um, Thor will have the two because uh, Brad movies directed by Oscar nominated people. Uh, yeah, but Thor, Kenneth Branagh, that doesn't fucking count. He has like five Oscar nominations. What are you talking about? Sure, but it just doesn't count in the same way as Taika. I could not disagree with you more. Kenneth Branagh actually <laughs> like has much more. Like I love Taika's movies, and I think Kenneth Branagh makes boring movies. But okay, but you're okay. No, no, no. We're talking about two different things, and I'm saying like it's the ownership of the of the film. That's fair. That right. that yeah, that's yeah. fair. Anyway, that's why it doesn't count. I, I understand. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think that we're gonna get to all the villains and stuff like that. Uh, Springthorpe, what would you change about the characters arc or whatever? Um, uh, three, and I promise quick things, uh, hair should have been short hair the entire time. I screw the character. Honestly, even in the first movie, his costume is so corny. Just scrap it and Mm. modernize it. Uh, give him short hair. It would have been way better. Um, uh, kicking the worthiness, like arc. Yeah. Into high gear sooner. Mm-hmm. Because it stalls yeah. through Dark World. It does not exist in Dark World. And right. it it is just chugga, 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 chugga in the original one. And it's not until, you know, the Jerome Chang trilogy of <laughs> Ragnarok, Infinity War, Endgame that it gets injected with that nitroglycerin right. and becomes more of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, the relationship and the like appearances of Frigga. That is an underrated relationship in this mm-hmm. in this MCU. And I understand obviously it's underrated because Frigga is barely in it, but Renee Russo is gay rights. She is amazing in it. The two of them literally that one scene of in Endgame where mm-hmm. she says like she's like the future has not been kind to you. And then she's like, eat a salad. And she doesn't say honey, but like she basically is like, eat right. Salad, yes. Honey. Yes. And then honey, honey is just not in the vernacular for his guardians. Exactly. And, but the yeah. most important line for Frigga to me in that scene is when Thor puts his hand, he goes like when rockets, like we got to go. Right. And he puts his hand out to get Mjolnir back or Mjolnir. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mia Mia. And he's standing there for a minute and, for like a while and Rocket's like, what the fuck? And like Frigga is just completely content and she eventually goes, sometimes it takes a minute. And it's like, right, right. that is the, she is such a caring, 
loving mother. And I know Jake, you were talking about that. Like that's the difference of Thor versus some of these other superheroes Mm -hmm. is the mother character is like, like, I have a great relationship with my mom. I am a very big mama's boy for anyone who, you know, really knows me. Jake does. And like, I, it, I feel that in such a deep way of like that deep connection with the mom is so important. And I wish there was so much more of that. Fuck Odin. <laughs> well, like, also, actually... also you need, you need Odin in exactly the same way you have him. Right. For it to work, but but so I, I'm glad oh, you bring that up. More Frigga. We needed we needed a scene like that Endgame scene in Dark World, especially in Dark World, and in Thor. We needed uh-huh. at least one scene in both of those movies. It's just, like it's I, I'm happy you bring that up because if you have more of her, she also probably makes Loki more compelling too, because. Mm-hmm. Like that's actually what happens out of that also. Because, Especially because he's adopted. And he knows yeah, that and she but he, like that. she she's like the the person who like where Odin divides Loki and Thor, like she really kind of brings them together because they both have like oh, sincere dude. true love for her. So um I'm I like I didn't even think about that, but that's such a good point to have more of her in it. Although like obviously her death is the catalyst to kind of like bring them together, but it's it's like one of those things where in this back and forth, like it just it can make the Thor Loki stuff not feel as tired if she mm-hmm. still exists in this dynamic. Yeah, yeah. I would I would love for Taika to bring Renee back somehow. Yeah, in, in, yeah. in, obviously in flashback or something, but like I would love or force ghosts or whatever oh uh, yeah we don't have enough force ghosts in this thing i mean she has thing is she is a witch if any character could have the ability to project herself when she's dead i mean she's where, a witch where does, well i mean where does loki get all his like trickery of coming back from dead i assume she has to have something to do with it so i yeah at I least one i feel like that actually is a great point jerome i feel like she was like I know that he's a frost giant, which is another thing that is accurate to the mythology. Um, mm. She's like, I know that he's a frost giant and therefore probably has extra powers Thor will never be able to do and right. taught him all these things as a kid. Yeah. All right. And then my answer for the question is I just wish that there was some more consistency with the Jane Foster stuff. Like I wish we just right. saw yeah. the, them breaking up. I think that that's just... Um, and I wish that, uh, much like everyone with work these days, Natalie Portman wasn't phoning it in through her performance in that movie, in Dark World. Um, it just, I just think that that is, because the thing that ties into Earth as a character is Jane Foster, mm-hmm. but it's so little that is on the screen that it kind of makes it like, it just it doesn't feel as powerful. It, when it's supposed to be about him like wanting to protect the planet that the woman he loves is on, it's like, oh wait, I completely forgot that there's a woman he loves because she's just not... What? I don't even see. I don't know. Watching Thor, I was like, I don't get it. Like, I get it because it's like she's the biggest character that's a a straight woman, and he's the biggest character that's a straight man. So, sure, I'm not surprised when they kiss at the end of the movie. I didn't see it. They just don't have chemistry, really. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, who I bet Natalie Portman has chemistry with Tessa Thompson. I was about to say. Yeah. I mean, we we can only hope. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I know you're listening. 
so um, the next category, and this is let's get this one a little quicker because we're going a little long. Not that I mind, but you know, uh, it's a weeknight. You invited uh, me on the show. <laughs> I understand. Uh, favorite line. Um, let's go to the person I invited on the show, Michael Springthor. What's your favorite line from Thor? When in the scene I already mentioned, he's reaching for Mjolnir and it eventually comes after a minute and he grabs it and he gets all excited like a golden retriever, which is what he is. Um, and he goes, oh, I am still worthy. Yes, that's a great moment. Uh, and Anthony Canton third favorite Thor line. All right, favorite Thor line is uh, to Valkyrie in Endgame at the end where he says, it's time for me to be who I am rather than who I'm supposed to be. And it's poignant in in the way that he kind of realizes that I was chasing this crown at the beginning, not really worth it. Um, I, I'm destined to be my own person and I'm still trying to figure that out. And it takes some it takes some uh real good self introspection to realize that you mm-hmm. can put the power of that into somebody else and i thought that was very important and very cool jerome okay so there was this one time my brother transformed into a snake oh, this is mine because too. he knows how much i like snakes and so i pick up the snake to admire it but then he uh turned back and went ah it's me and then he stabbed me we were eight <laughs> That's my favorite. I agree. That was also mine. Thank you, Jerome. Um, I think that that is just such a great delivery by Chris Hemsworth. Oh, Um, it's like perfect Hemsworth um, perfectly sums up there. Like it's for all the things that you can get annoyed with, with the relationship between Loki and Thor, like that is the best description of the relationship right there. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, no, it's, it's my favorite. I, since you have that too could i offer just like a second one sure yes uh this is my friend he's a tree <laughs> interesting thing he in and like in endgame he says like hello tree uh mm-hmm. when he like sees him again mm-hmm. despite the fact that in infinity war doesn't he reveal like canonically he speaks groot language right yes he sure groot but language. groot yeah, understands yeah. So I'm curious, wait, I think that that means that in Groot speak, Groot's name means tree, just like how some people are named Daisy yeah. or Angel, but it's not weird. Yeah, that's a good, that's an interesting that's point. That's a really good point. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think I like that also because like Thor, especially once you get to like the Ragnarok and uh, Infinity War and game stages, he has an almost like Deadpool meta view of everything all the time. Mm-hmm. Like he always like provides some sort of like extra commentary on everything that's going yeah. on and is, but like more so it's just like, it's how comfortable he is in this world as opposed to a lot of people who are still kind of getting used to it because honestly, he's a God, he's seen everything. And, um, and like, and to your point, like it extends to the, like he, he, he's never met the guardians, but he knows group. Like he knows how to speak yeah. group. Mm-hmm. Like he is, yeah, worldly. Not to seem, not to be like fake deep about things, but like in a lot of ways, he's the most human of the main four Avengers. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, sure. you know, just because of like the story he's given, which mm-hmm. uh, actually I don't know if that's covered by a question, but. Uh, so the next question I'm going to ask is what is your favorite scene with Thor in it in one of his movies or an ensemble movie? Uh, 
AC, I'll start with Jake, you. you start us. Oh, you want me to start? Okay. Jake, you, for yeah, entering yeah, yeah. Wakanda, easy. It's actually not even close for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's just it's fun. It's uh, yeah. so cool. It's number, it's, it's number one, definitely. Number two, um, for sure, for me, is is what are you the god of again? And that is just mm-hmm. magical. It's just a magical way to kind of cap off that uh, climactic uh, final battle. Springthorpe? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's entering Wakanda. Um, but it's, it also just like, I don't know. I just want to say something from like Ragnarok, just because it's like the best Thor movie. Oh yeah, you right. kind of. I don't. I don't it, so I just feel yeah. bad not. It's that it's not from Ragnarok. So if it, if the only thing I would say to fight that is the fight scene with the Hulk, like the, mm-hmm. the battle, and that also goes to great lines, which is he's a Amazing. friend from work. Yes. Yeah. yeah for sure. Um, I am. Yeah, because like all like Thor is just kind of he has some of like the iconic like uh, moments that it's almost unfair. Like obviously you're gonna go there. So uh, as like my B sides or number twos, uh, it is his fight. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, nice. It's his fight with Hulk, but not his physical fight. It's his arguments when they're stuck. Yeah, in. like just oh all God. the back and forth of them, like where. He's talking about being a good friend oh, when you talk about, about like, yeah, just all those <laughs> things. And it's just as much a, like, it's my favorite version of Hulk. There's that, I mean, like, look at, like, basically what I'm sitting in right now. That is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Like, he has too many. Like, his, his are, like, because his character changes so much over yeah. time. Uh, basically, he has so many, but also he has so many that occur after Dark World. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the last category is something that is so easy we can just breeze through. What is the most rewatchable solo movie? Can I answer movie? first? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, I wrote I wrote this down in my notes. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, like... it's not close at all. Uh, <laughs> obviously, the answer is uh, Thor Ragnarok. Um, and... yeah, this question is fucking stupid on this episode. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, I'll be honest with you, it's really question. only interesting on Captain America because... Yeah. Even right. with Iron Man, the answer's obvious. Yeah, it's pretty uh, obvious. Iron Man too. Yeah. Yes, exactly. No, um, uh, <laughs> I have a question. Okay, well, yeah. you know what? Let's do, how about we do this? Because um, we are willing to accept the idea that the true Thor Jerome Chang trilogy, trilogy is Ragnarok and Fifth War Endgame, what is your best solo movie out of well, those Well, the, if, if the question is rewatchable, the answer is still Ragnarok. Best, still Ragnarok I think the answer is Infinity War. But, like, I can think... Like, oh, see, I Infinity War? Yeah, but <laughs> damn, I love Ragnarok. But yeah, I, th- I thought Infinity War was the best movie in the whole in the whole entire MCU, in my opinion, anyway. So um, yeah, I'll have to go with that. And Thor actually had the most screen time in that movie, and I thought that he carried that film uh, along with Thanos. Thor and Thanos. Carried yeah, that I film. think that Infinity War is better. I think Ragnarok is more rewatchable, just yeah. because it is kind of hard to rewatch at the ending of Infinity War. It just gets it downer. Yeah. You don't feel great after you watch it. Um, like you can make right, a case I'll for Infinity it. War being a Thor right, movie whoa, 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 whoa. the way Civil War is going to say it. Yeah. I don't know what he's going to say, but he's going to say it. I I feel like it must be obvious what I'm gonna, some, yeah, uh, no. the idea of what I'm going to say, but like uh, most rewatchable, obviously Ragnarok. If right. we're talking about just like if it comes on TBS, what am I going to watch? But my favorite Thor movie is and forever will be 
end game because you get to see Thor ripped to pieces mm-hmm. and building back up. That's fair. And you don't really get to see him ripped to pieces to the degree that he, you know, that he is obviously until he fails at killing Thanos. And that actually brings up something that I wanted to get to. Um, Usually you leave these via voicemails, but I want to give you a little bit to talk about Thor from the homosexual perspective um, as you have with other characters. All right. Um, uh, Yeah. So when we first meet Thor, you know, we've got the long hair and again, the corny, corny, corny outfit it's not good it's not corny like captain america's corny and you're like oh well, it's charming uh it's bad I mean, he is it's- his helmet with the wings at that point too <laughs> exactly that yeah. makes but then like i i know that this is apparently important even though it's never explained why those like big circles on his breastplate right. are so important but like odin rips them off so it's like okay whoa chill out um, I think they're like, you know, those wireless charging stations that you have for your cell phone <laughs> back there and you just leave all your devices on him. He can put Mjolnir up to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a literal charge. Yeah, but it's just like, um, I, he looks, he's just a mess, frankly, in the first Thor. And he, he cleans up his act by the second movie, but he's still, he's looking the same. Obviously, he's lost that godforsaken helmet. Um, but, you know, ultimately, he is still a hunk. He's a major hunk in the first two movies. And like I said with Captain America, when Captain America got bulked up and became a hunk from a twink, um, is plenty of people will refer to him as daddy, especially I would say more because he's hairier. And that is an important mm-hmm. thing. And he just seems like more of an aggressor and more... He seems older, but not more mature older than Captain America does when he gets instantly bulked up. And so you've got that like daddy hunk element, which is great. And then like, he just is knocking it off over the green fucking monster when he gets his head shaved. And that's right. a reference for our Red Sox fans. Um, and Oh, no, I should. I mean, just like Red talking Sox. about the earlier parts, just because mm. he's such. Oh a yeah, sorry, jet, sorry, AC. Um, <laughs> just because it's he's so, uh, like, because it's kind of this common thing that you seem to find, uh, like, a lot of the male actors in MCU just get jacked for the roles. Mm-hmm. He is really the only character that actually gets treated like eye candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, like, I mean, that's that's actually really interesting. I've never. Because you don't really like it. Kind of happens with Cap, but they don't really like. Yeah, actually, with the America's ass, I guess. Like, yeah, later on at that point. Um, but uh, immediately, like when he like shows up on Earth and they're watching him change, they're just like ogling him the whole way through, and they kind of make a point. Like in every Thor, there's always at least one point where he has to just kind of be like slowly shirtless and like showing mm-hmm. off the full body it's it's summed up best by the skeleton that's sitting across from him in muspelheim at the beginning of thor ragnarok and that <laughs> yeah. is by and that is yeah, um, yeah and uh for for anyone who's listening i just dropped my jaw yeah uh, <laughs> um and yeah that's actually really interesting i've never thought about the fact that he is the 
he's the fuckable Avenger. He's not the he's not the strongest Avenger. No. He's the fuckable Avenger. I mean, it's, he's Point Break, which I think yes, that I, I would go on record to say that Patrick Swayze in Point Break might is probably the sexiest character in the history of the movie. So mm-hmm. um, I think that the fact that that's the comparison point is uh, apt. Yeah. Um, but when so he's he you know he's got the shaved head uh, or not the shaved head the cut hair. The cut hair with the trimmer beard is great. And like Thor Ragnarok, like Taika Waititi deserved an Oscar for that choice in and of itself. And mm-hmm. um, then obviously we get into Infinity War, which is this, basically the same. Um, although we see a lot more sacrifice, which is nice. And we, we mm-hmm. like selflessness with, with a daddy. But I think the ultimate daddiness obviously comes when we see him fat, which the fat, fat Thor was a cultural reset for me, at least. Um, And some people I think uh, had a second cultural reset a little bit earlier, but with uh, Professor Hulk, but I, I I don't know. It was kind of like, whoa, for me, but it just did it the same way. For me, Fat Thor was a cultural reset, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Now, did I wish that they he you know they hit him with a razor when he was still Fat Thor? Uh, yes, yeah. Okay. I wished I wished that Cap was like, "Here's my razor, bud." Um, before <laughs> they like battled Thanos, because if how crazy would it be? Well, like it's mm-hmm. funny how his like beard gets braided, like when he actually think- like. I thought about that. I think that's because that was a traditional thing that would be done by the Vikings. And so this was like the power of this fake god slash alien. But essentially like electricity braided it, which was like amazing in itself. Yeah, well, you know. I wanted to... I would hope that Thunder could braid my hair too. Fair enough. Um, I wanted to ask a question about... So the fact you mentioned earlier about how like him being hairy, does that make him... That makes him more daddy? Is that... The yeah, traditionally, okay. traditionally a daddy has more hair, if not just specifically a beard, just because like, you know, a beard is just symbolic of like mm-hmm. an older man. Um, so I, I do have, I want to propose one thing about what makes Thor I like, do. really daddy oh, of uh, MCU. There's a specific line. It's because, so we know Captain America achieves his daddy level when he has the beard. His peak daddy level. His peak I daddy. But what makes Thor, in my opinion, then like the daddy of it all, is he drops the line when he sees him for the first time when he lands in Wakanda and says, I see you copy my beard. So his mm-hmm. beard, in my opinion, then becomes like the symbolic like daddiness of like the whole MCU. I like this take. This is a really fun, this is a really good take. I like this take a lot. I disagree. Okay. <laughs> um, and this is why. That line is symbolic of something we've talked about before, we talked about earlier with Thor, of his uh, his shield, his uh, defense mechanism. It's oh, okay. him him seeing Captain America, who is to Thor per, like completely put together. Obviously, mm. we know that Cap has his own like inner struggles constantly, and that's you know because he's a a good character. Uh, a good movie character. We, you know, we know that he has his inner struggles. But to Thor, you got to think, Cap probably looks, Cap and Tony both look 
really put together. Yes. And especially because of what Thor gets to see of them. And I think that that is Thor kind of like pulling out his, you know, pulling out his dick a little bit. So it's more dick measuring. Oh, yeah, that's dick measuring up against Cap who still has his pants on going, I don't need to do this. Got it. You know? That's so fair. I think that's that's actually more comparable to that. And I think actually that is something that takes away from the daddiness of Thor because when you analyze him, which is not something you do when you're <laughs> right. a daddy, but it, because that's what we're doing and that's what this podcast is about. When you do that, I don't, I don't want a daddy who – he has daddy issues. My daddy can't have daddy issues. <laughs> God, that God. is true. Like, yeah. like, and, and he has, he continues to have daddy issues, um, to the nth degree and very publicly, I think is important. You know, uh, Tony Stark has daddy issues up until. So then can I offer then who is yeah. probably the daddy of the MCU? Who would you say? I think it's gotta be Thanos. He is literally the father of like four children who are taking over the world. Everyone is his child. He seems to fit at least physically a lot of the features. Minus and fact, I don't know if his, he like, has a very has steadfast hair. opinion of certain things that he really can't justify. But like he's never stop himself. him. And and I don't I don't want to be a bitch, but like sure. the big problem with Thanos is that he um, commits genocide, and so I oh, think yeah, he's that um, genocide, right? Yeah, we don't we don't care for that as much. Ultimately, and this is evidenced by the Daddy's tournament that I put on. But like, Mm. you know, and again, that was also completely made by me. This is my opinion. Um, But I personally, you're the most qualified currently to answer this question, so you don't have to. And if if that's (laughs) if I died tomorrow, I'm happy with that being on my gravestone. Right. Um, but I, you know, I think in a lot of ways, the daddy of the MCU, or the daddy of the MCU is Tony Stark. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think I would have answered that that way until today when I rewatched Endgame and I wanted to mm. be bent over every single table by Ooh. Tony Stark at his compound up That's in- That's me censoring that live. Right. Um, what? I said I was, me, I was censoring it live for comedy points. Because I was hoping that I was going to do the, you know, the thing where they bleep it out and then you get to imagine what you're saying. But it didn't oh, work because I actually wasn't muting you. Uh, anyway, uh, let's wrap this say, up. I'm like, just the oh, ingenuity Zaddy, of Zaddy is Professor Hulk, though. Fair sure. enough. Yeah. Uh, I want to wrap uh, this up. Just uh, one final point about sorry. just the Iron Man situation uh, for uh, Springthorpe. Great choice. I feel like nanotech is really going to work in your favor. That's good. <laughs> All right. And yeah, AC's got to run in a minute. So um, yeah, guys, just let me start with AC in case we go over time. I want to get it out. AC, final <laughs> thoughts on Thor. And more importantly, what do you want? He's the, he is the first of these character retrospectives that is still ongoing. So yeah. what, what are your thoughts and what do you want to see him do next? Um, I'm really excited for his character going forward because I think they have a lot of different directions that they can take it. And I think um, them choosing to go into the... Uh, Jane Foster's Thor direction is really 
it, it, I think it, it'll even uh, freshen up the the series even more, even as we got that in Ragnarok. But um, I'm excited because there's so many characters in Thor that we have not seen yet, uh, villains and heroes alike. So I think they have a chance to do something really special. And um, obviously his interaction with the Guardians is going to be something to watch as well. But yeah, I'm excited for that for sure. And where can we find you? Oh yeah, yeah. You can follow me at um, AC Spotlight nine five on Twitter, and obviously follow this podcast, MC University Podcast, and, and hit uh, hit us up um, if you have any ideas for for any types of yeah. shows that we want to do in the future. Because obviously, content is going to be changing. Yeah, and if, you, if there's anyone you want us to talk to during this quarantine time, because basically everyone's available. So uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that too. And uh, of course, uh, follow all these great great gentlemen. Um, yeah, Mike, absolutely. thanks for joining us today. It was uh, really cool stuff. Thank you, AC. All right. Uh, All speaking right, of which, CAC. Uh, uh, speaking easy. of which, Michael Springthorpe, uh, what are your thoughts on Thor going forward, and where can we find you? Um, I would love for Thor, as we know him, to only be in two more movies. I think okay. he's getting really close to where he, you know, where his arc ends, and I don't want the, him to overstay his welcome. So I would love for him to be in Love and Thunder and Guardians Three. And I would even love if Love and Thunder is his, you know, his big bow. And then Guardians 3 is kind of almost the cameo position. Um, uh, I also think I would love for Tessa Thompson to be, or Valkyrie rather, to be the new Thor, quote unquote. Just because Natalie Portman, I don't think she has, you know, I want her to be able to do like, you know, our tour movies if she wants. I, I don't. You know what? I, I want mean, she only does like a movie a year anyway, so I don't really. I'm not I, I want, but I also want Tessa to be able to do that, sure, and, sure. and not that she'll be committed. But you know what? I'm just. I don't know. I just have. I love Valkyrie as the new Thor. Um, but I think he's very close, and I hope that they don't stretch him out too far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, but I love him. He's my boyfriend. Um, he's That's a nice. big. He's a big golden retriever, and uh, I hope he he doesn't. You know, he doesn't get soured in my mouth. Also, please bring me on for the Grandmaster retrospective that you will, of course, be doing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> because I was watching, just watching Ragnarok. I have a lot of thoughts. Um, okay. Uh, but you guys can follow me uh, on, on Twitter, at Springthorpe Man. I'm doing a Gay Icons uh, March Mad. It's called May Gayness. It's a March Madness style bracket right now. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Springthorpe Man, or on Instagram, if you're hot. All right. And Jerome, your uh, final thoughts. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I always felt like Thor should have won the character bracket, first and foremost. Yeah, um, all all. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with Springthorpe. I think there that Thor is getting to just the end of his arc, but kind of in the way that I felt like if they kept going with uh, Tony Stark, like I would be happy that he kind of just shows up to the family reunion. So basically the Avengers, like he would yeah. just show up and do his like bits there, but he doesn't necessarily need to have dedicated stories. Mm-hmm. As for what I want to see with his story, because this is his kind of like, I've decided to like find my own path. Like I hope I get like freshman college Thor, mm-hmm. like just like bright eyed into the world and like is like kind of running through his like, quote unquote like horse listing of like what do I want to learn and become while like everyone in terms of like the Valkyries and I'm guessing it's gonna be Jane Foster as the new Thor and maybe this better Ray Bill that comes in like they can take care of like the busy stuff whereas Thor is just kind of figuring himself out 
and then eventually has to step in to help with the battle but ultimately is kind of doing his own thing that way like i want mm -hmm. the like full-on self-discovery happens to be the most powerful person in the world or in the universe but also kind of just really wants to get to know himself yeah and where can people find you uh black dragon roll uh, wonderful. It'll be and, really cool to see also what Thor looks like on the Loki series, especially if it's, mm. isn't it like, isn't that series supposed to be like what Loki does with the Tesseract and like it what? It seems like yeah. that's the case. I think it's probably more complicated than that, if only because we know that for sure, like a year and a half out. Yeah. And I would, I really doubt Marvel would tell us the whole thing. I think there's going to be some yeah. surprises in there. Um, I just, I just think it would be really cool to see Chris Hemsworth play Thor through Loki's eyes, mm -hmm. especially That's, yeah. 12 Loki or whatever year that was. Uh -huh. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm really excited to see what they do with Thor next. I think that this next arc with Jane Foster returning is good, especially because now that Thor is more comedy, that one of the things that sticks out so much as a bad thing in Thor the Dark World is like the semi, semi side plot of Sif being jealous of Jane Foster, which feels like so like mm. 1998. Like I'm never jealous for. Like, like, exactly. And I think that because the tone of the movies is now much more fun, I think that there's a way to do a more like comedy, madcap, like He's farcical exactly. thing with him running back into Jane and like, is he with Valkyrie? Like that, I think that stuff, I think could be played for laughs and I think it's funny. We, we might be getting like some level, I'm, I don't think they'll do that, but I wouldn't be surprised with you. Like we might get like wokish Thor. Where I don't know. This, I'm like, I I I want love triangle Thor. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's fun. Would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they turn it on its head, and whereas you would think it would be that both Valkyrie and Jane love Thor, if it's instead that they both love Jane, I think is fun. I think yes, that's yes, very that's fun, and I hope that's what they do. I, I think um, there's um there like like you know the uh, very classic trope of like if uh, the couple's like on a date playing pool and like the usually it's the guy like leaning over like maybe mm -hmm. Jane's trying to like swing Mjolnir for the first time and he's trying to like put his hand on her like mm -hmm. back and like you want to go lower with it <laughs> <laughs> like um and then obviously be rejected for all that because it's like that yeah. I think that's gonna be great mm -hmm. yeah that's exciting to see uh, Thor Love and Thunder. There's not a movie I'm more excited about without uh, question on the horizon. It might be it's the most excited I've been for other than Endgame and Infinity War, probably the movie I'm most excited for ever uh, uh -huh. before it came out. Um, so yeah, anyway. Um, I, the Spider-Man Spider movies. Uh, like the first I, was, I was excited. I was nervous though, just because the other Spider-Man movies were not. There, okay, okay. It's perfect. What, what, what you got, Sweet Thor? were you? Avatar 2. But... No. <laughs> No, not at all. Well, we're, we're speaking within MCU. So no, that's no, why. I'm not speaking of the MCU. I'm speaking within like, the MCU. Oh, also, Avatar 2 is part of the MCU. Also, I'll believe Avatar 2 is coming out when I see it. Right, right. <laughs> like, what? Uh, is, does anyone even know if Sam Worthington's still alive? Like, get the hell out of here. Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at the Jake Christie. Um, please, like AC said, rate if you subscribe to this pod, show it to your friends, and please, like, reach out to us if there's anyone you want to talk to, because we would love to talk to some people about, you know, the MCU uh, and yeah. And if you want us to do any topics, anything you find fun, the very worst thing that can happen is that we say, Oh yeah, we'll consider doing that and then don't do it. So that's not that bad. Um, <laughs> one quick pitch avatar two, um, because it's such an environmental theme, they're going to face their own ice age. 
And that's how the Frost Giants are born. And that's why they're part of the Wow. That's fantastic. Thank you. Anyway, uh, yeah, tune back in next week when we do another character retrospective. Uh, And, um, yeah, great to see you guys. And uh, peace.